So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season six, episode 12 of 90 Day Fiance. On this episode, Ronald wants to get a Bucky, Angela tries to reconnect Michael to her boobs, Libby's sisters start more fights with Andre, Yara wants everyone out of the house so Myla can sleep, and family Kalani hears about Tammy coming to visit, and Mike interrupts his tire flipping to argue with Natalie some more. As always, we'll end with our class dances, students of the week, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. If you also watch Love After Lockup, please listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How was your summer by the beach? Summer's going well. This is my, yeah, I'm, this is my, you know, July of vacations, making up for my, you know, whole last year of no vacations. So I know, I'm gonna right? Be, I'm going to be at three different beaches in three weeks. So I'm on beach number two right now. Awesome. That sounds like a good family vacation. You know what doesn't yes. sound like a good family vacation? Libby's? Libby's family vacation to Maryland. <laughs> Only because it's like Waldorf, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad part of Maryland. Yeah. So uh, the family's all dressed up for the family reunion. Andre is still focused on making Chuck happy, and he thinks that by avoiding Charlie, this might be the best plan. Libby introduces Andre to the cousins and their extended family. While talking about kids with their cousins, Becky asks Libby about the babysitter she hired without Andre knowing. Andre walks away angry when he realizes what's happening. Becky didn't realize he didn't know, and Libby goes to talk to Andre. The plan was to bring Andre's family over after the pandemic so that they could take care of Ellie. Andre is mad that Jen recommended the babysitter and calls all the sisters snakes. Jen and Becky then join into the argument to have Libby's back, and all three women are yelling at Andre, and Libby is embarrassed that this is happening at the reunion, and they both agree to discuss it later and to put on a happy face for the reunion. Libby is convinced that Becky knew exactly what she was doing, and she just wanted to get a reaction out of Andre. They make nice and join an after party at Aunt Sue's house where Chuck, Andre, and one of the husbands, Thomas, go to play foosball separate from the rest of the party. And Chuck casually tells Andre that he bought a house at an auction and wants to partner with Andre specifically to flip it, which is exactly what Andre wanted. So he is thrilled that things are finally going his way. Thomas kind of sneaky leaves and immediately goes downstairs to report back on the conversation to the rest of the family. I know he really was. So Jen then goes back up, storms back up the stairs to confront her dad. Jen steals the foosball and all of a sudden all the sisters come in and everyone starts yelling. Libby thinks that Andre works really hard and he deserves this partnership. Becky and Jen are arguing that Andre is taking advantage of a possibly drunk Chuck. Chuck tries to walk away and Andre follows him, not letting him out of his sight. Okay, why do you think that after all this time, Chuck laughing in Andre's face about, you know, uh, getting alone, why do you think Chuck is all of a sudden trying to partner with Andre? Because he really proved himself on this trip. Did you not hear him? He proved himself because he drove an RV to 
Maryland. Those are not transferable <laughs> real estate skills, I think. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the industry, but pretty sure driving an RV with a full of screaming, ridiculous, dramatic people does not necessarily translate to feasible real estate skills. Skills. Honestly, I think that um, I think his kid's strategy is backfiring. Like, I feel yeah. like the more angry they are, the more he's like, I feel like I might be onto something. Like, are you legit right. worried he's going to steal, steal your business? Then you must think he's actually good at the business and is going to steal it. Like, if you thought he was going to fall flat on his face and fail, then you'd be like, all right, Chuck, that's your loss, man. Like, you're going to you're gonna eat it. And the fact that they're so mad about it is definitely kind of a, eh, I might be onto something here type of thing. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's that or if he's kind of also passive aggressively taking it out on them. Like, y'all acted like crap. Y'all acted like shit. Y'all acting like assholes. So I'm going to do that thing I know you don't want you to do. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really know what Chuck's deal is. Like, it seemed like he was so far one way. It does seem like he panders. So he's just trying to make everybody happy, you know, like depending mm-hmm. on who he talks to. Um I yes. think that because he is kind of like that, and maybe Andre's figured it out. That's the reason why he's cornering him, like, when he's drunk and trying to just, like, be ever-present when he's drunk. Yeah, well, and uh, Andre is very explicitly sucking up to Chuck. Yes, right? And it, it, he very much is like, I don't like that she brought that up. She, like, even when they did the babysitter thing, which I'm sure we'll yeah. get to, right? That he was specifically mad that that she brought it, that Becky brought it up. In front of Chuck because yes. she thought he was making him blow up in front of Chuck. It was all about yeah. putting on a show for Chuck, for Chuck, and he totally is putting on a show for Chuck. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and and so I, I, I get it, but I also am like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I definitely, if I was Andre, like as soon as I had the offer when they came in for that last argument, I would have been like, "This is not my argument. I'm not going to say a right. damn word. I have what I want." I'm not going to say yeah. a word. You well, want to fight about I, it, fight with Chuck. He's the one who just – I didn't ask for it. He just offered it to me right now. Like, I'm done talking. And that's that's fair that, you know, Andre didn't ask. But at the same time, it is still fragile, right? Chuck is drunk. Chuck could change <laughs> his mind. There's nothing in sure. writing. There's no contract. Yeah, so true, Andre's true. trying to protect, like, this decision, you know, because mm-hmm. – if like I said, Chuck panders. So if the kids get in there and like go, what are you doing? That's not fair. You've never had this deal with one of us. Chuck would be like, oh, yeah, that's true. I haven't had a deal like that. When they said that, he was actually like, no, this is literally how all of you started. Like everybody yeah. had this deal with me. Like, And so I don't know which one of those is true. Right. But but I don't know what they think this deal is that's different than. However, he got them started because he got all of them started. Well, part of it, too, I, I believe the reason why Andre is getting a better deal, I think, is because mm-hmm. Andre is trying to serve as the, you know, the construction manager and the real realtor, right? Whereas right. none of the kids have had this deal because their skill set is only within one of those things. And so it's sure. really like maybe a three-way split at best. And so mm-hmm. none of them have been offered a 50% split. And so I think that's why it seems like, okay, if Andre's able to do everything, you're cutting us out, right? Because mm-hmm. 
I think the way, and I especially, I think this is why Becky especially gets upset is because Becky is the only one in this family with a real estate license prior to Andre getting his. And so right. she was the go-to person. There was no way you could cut her out. And so that mm-hmm. gave her job security. Now that Andre's there, she kind of feels like she's being muscled out. You know, like yeah. he's going to do all the transactions now and I'm going to get nothing. So I, I, I understand where they're coming from, where they feel threatened about their job. But I think that also says something about their business, too. Like, if there's not enough to go around, I don't know. Maybe you all need to find something else. Right. Yes. I I definitely have felt that, too. Like, I mean, if business was good, she would have been like, sure, bring on another agent because I can't – I'm swamped. I can't do all these listings. We need somebody else. So, yeah, it definitely says to me that there's not enough business to go around and that's why they're all – you know, like sharks in the water. I gotta have every. I gotta have every house I can get my hands on because there's only so many houses and so many things to go around. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's always tricky with real estate. I feel like that might be taking a turn now, just because the real estate prices. Oh how God, they, it's so hot right now. How they how they like have gone in pretty much pretty crazy. Yeah. I know as somebody who is trying to buy a house, but like <laughs> it's it, it it's it's tough, and I feel like it's one of those businesses that. It's one of those businesses I feel like sometimes your skill doesn't matter as much as people want to think it does. Yeah. If you buy in a hot market, it doesn't matter how good you are at flipping the house. You're going to be able to right. sell it just because the market's hot, right? And yeah. if you catch a cold market, you could be the best flipper in the world and put in the, you know, do the best renovations ever. But the market went down and the market went down. Like, sorry, yeah. you, you, you're going to lose money on it. Yeah, that's and, very true. And especially in Florida. Florida's notoriously, you know, volatile when it comes to those kind of things. But like mm-hmm. – Again, this is – I just felt like this whole episode was Libby's sisters just chasing Andre, stalking Andre and trying oh, to make yeah. him mad. Yeah. Like, like you had the babysitter thing. All of a sudden, all the sisters are there. You have this real estate thing. All of a sudden, all the sisters are there. It's like, oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And the babysitting thing, Andre was 100% right. Becky knew yeah. damn well that Libby didn't tell him about it. Oh, sure. And sure. she knew exactly what she was doing when she mentioned yeah. it. And then she plays it. Oh, I didn't. Oh, it's just a babysitter. Oh, that one drove me mad. Um, yeah. Because it's like that same thing that like students do, you know, when they're like when they're late to class or they don't turn something in and they get a detention and they skip the detention and they get a, other punishment. All of a sudden, they're just like, I can't believe I got suspended because I, I was five minutes late to class. And you're like, you didn't get suspended because you were five minutes late. Yeah. It's all the other stuff. It's all the other stuff, right? <laughs> that led up to that. It wasn't because she hired a babysitter. It's because she did it in secret behind his back after they agreed she wouldn't do it. Like right. that's a much yeah. bigger deal. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, I think you could argue like if they were trying to get a babysitter. Yeah, I think that that would be more fair argument. But, yeah, what Libby did, I – gosh, that's messed up. Yeah, yeah. I mean to any time you have a conversation and you come to an agreement and then you go behind your back and be like, yeah, I'm doing it anyway. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good, right? All right. So moving on, let's go to, you know, whenever they're in it, I feel like they take up half the episodes. Let's just get Angela and Michael out of the way. Okay. All right. So anyway, the grandbabies are having some COVID school recess. But Angela has determined that she wants to make amends with Michael. And she says the best way that she can think to do that is the joint reading from her psychic, Tracy. So Michael joins the Zoom and Tracy brings out her angel cards. There's things that Angela doesn't like, you know, coming out of the cards, you know, be something about their their relationship being business and Angela doesn't like that. No, no, no. Well, I'm not 
I'm not even sure what was coming out because once again, Angela just starts screaming about him about when he says he needs space. Anyway, then she asks uh, the cards. Uh, she specifically asks the cards, is Michael scamming her? So Tracy warns Michael that he's got to be careful or Angela will walk away, which she says she might well do. In fact, the producer asks her if there's any hope for, for their relationship. And she says, I, didn't, I don't think so. But anyway, after the psychic reading, the focus shifts to Michael, who says that all he really wants is for Angela to listen to and respect him. He calls her, but she doesn't really seem all that interested in doing either of those things. She eventually lets him try to explain his side of the story. He apologizes for his childish response to the surgeries, but says that he was frustrated that his opinion didn't seem to matter when it came to surgeries. She claims, you know, it didn't matter whether he agreed or not because the surgeries weren't elective or cosmetic in nature. They needed to be done for her health. Um, anyway, so her argument, I don't know, isn't really helped in my opinion because no. she says what he could have done um, better is complimenting her looks, which again doesn't say that the <laughs> surgeries were about health. Right. <laughs> like you should have told me I was hotter after the surgeries. Anyway, um, Michael then just turns back into the contrite, sorry, I'm so sorry, baby, Michael, that we've seen so many times yeah, before. Yeah. And he just wants to make peace again. Angela thinks this could just be the beginning, but she's going to need a lot more sucking up for anything to happen. But then we go back to Angela, who is preparing for a bath to reconnect sexually with Michael mm. and also so that see, he can see her new body. They both get topless and we have to hear about how their previous attempts at you know, cyber or phone sex have been more teasing than pleasing. <laughs> and Angie turns it into another lecture session about what she wants for Michael. Anyway, he she um, he asks to see her boobs, which she's very nervous about. So she washes off the bubbles because she was sitting in a bubble bath. And Michael takes a deep, long look at them before saying it's okay for him, which actually was good enough for her. Yeah. But then it's time for Michael's penis pumping. God. and dance and <laughs> maybe something happened after that but i'm not sure because i, I think i pretty much blacked out at that point <laughs> I, like, I don't need any more of this oh no they just kind of gave the same platitudes they always do so um i don't know how, how i guess it was all things considered not bad for her but how would you react to um you know someone saying your boobs are Okay for me. <laughs> okay. Considering the look on his face when he was actually like <laughs> looking at them, I would consider that a win because Michael looked so confused. And I know he does that. Like, I don't know if it's the lighting or what, but I feel like there's definitely been situations where it's been kind of serious and you get like Michael just sticks his face all up in the screen, mm -hmm. like all up in the camera. Really looking close. Yeah. And you're like really looking close. And he just looked confused. And I think he even said later, you know, like and I think you could kind of tell even though it was like blurred out there's definitely some scarring near the nipples and I think that's sure. what he also said so he was kind of like what am I looking at exactly and I'm sure right, like right, I would right. kind of feel the same way so it's like considering how confused he looked I, I think it's good and I think it's also difficult to really yeah it's over video but you know it's really hard to see unless you're there just to like well and the lighting was really bad it wasn't like you could see very much through that zoom video with like really dark lighting so i get because it looked like he was trying to find waldo on that screen like he was <laughs> yeah. really looking at it <laughs> yeah i think he needs to see them in person so i think this is a good start i think it can really only go up from here yeah yeah i mean i definitely think he was like all right. I don't think it was quite as bad as he thought they were going to be. Yeah. Right. And it was like, definitely, I feel like when you see, yes, it's definitely, that was the probably worst 
angle, scenario, video quality, like, and everything you could have gotten at them. But, but still, I, I feel like that's another thing where you have to be like, you have to be a little more discreet about it, a little more like, maybe don't, you know, so at least, but to be fair, she was right. If she was like, if he would have been like, they're amazing, she'd have been yeah. like, oh, you're, you're, you're full of shit. You're, you're, right, you're blowing smoke right. on my ass. So, yeah. I appreciate that. But still, it's just like, I don't know. You want, you, I still feel like at the end of the day, you want a little bit better than I can live with that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> with the squinty look on your face. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's all right. That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. But I was kind of bummed to see, you know, sad puppy Michael of, I'm so sorry, baby. I, just, I oh, know. Oh, uh, I was kind of liking that he was like standing up for himself. And yes. like, but the psychic situation was a total shit show. I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, the yelling and like, I mean, even the psychic told you this is what I don't understand is how delusional Angela is that these people in her life that she keeps on saying, oh, I value Lawyer Lou's opinion. I value Psychic Tracy's opinion. They're both kind of telling you different things than what you think they're saying. You know, oh, she's yeah, just yeah. like, Psychic Tracy was just like, oh, yeah, you guys are on different paths. You know, you are yes. moving away from each other. And somehow <laughs> right. Angela gets from that, oh, like, okay, we need to, you know, somehow make a journey together and like be together now. It's like, no, I don't think that's what she was saying. Yeah, it's, she didn't mean literal paths. Yeah, like, you know, there's figurative things to this, but yes, they do things like that all the time. Like, like, yeah. you know, you, you you need to come, you need to come more to. Well, she also hears like that, right? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. Like, maybe you should try to understand him more. And she's like, "You're right. He should try to do more things for me." And you're like, "That's <laughs> not. That's not what I said at all." It's like you're right. We need to be on the same page. He should come over here. It's like that's like no. Because then she backs up on like anything she has to do. Like she just refuses to see meeting halfway as anything besides not meeting halfway. Right? It's like if she's like, if I have to step off my path, then I'm making all the concessions. You need to come over here. Yeah, she seems like she'd be an awful partner. Oh, I couldn't even. I, I, like honestly, I couldn't be. I don't don't think I could be friends with the lady. Like I, I, yeah. Because I just, she would yell at me. I mean, uh, yeah, just. (laughs) She does seem like she tries too hard. But it's another – but we have we have other people in here. She reminds me and we'll get to them. She reminds me a bit of, of Tiffany. Just mm-hmm. like saying everything is all or nothing. It's either mm-hmm. if I'm doing anything, I'm doing everything. And if you're doing anything, you're not doing enough or whatever it is. But you know what I'm saying? It sounds like not even – and not listening to the partner and acknowledging anything on his part. Like because he was right. She doesn't respect him. She doesn't like – it would acknowledge him and that that's all literally all he's asking for is like just yeah. could you please ask my opinion for something and she's like not if your opinion's dumb like so it's I like, know she's the worst she really is uh but speaking of contributing partners let's talk about Kalani and Asuelu so Kalani has the day off so Asuelu can prove he can do the chores and take care of the kids Asuelu has one kid strapped to his back as he's preparing a luau Kalani is impressed enough to give him an A-. They all sit down to dinner with Karen, uh, Kalani's mom, and Asuelu talks to them about Tammy and his mom coming to visit. Karen voices concerns about them ruining the holidays by not acting right. 
Kalani compares it to inviting the Grinch into their home, and Asuelu says, well, sometimes the Grinch changes his mind. They all agree to invite them, but this is their absolute last chance in the family. Kalani thinks that this is going to be bad because Kalini will be there too, and Tammy has already threatened to beat them all up at the tell-all. Next up is Christmas tree shopping with Kalani's parents and Kalini. Kalani is on the struggle bus as she can't smell and pokes herself with pine needles. Asuelu breaks the news that Tammy and his mom are visiting. Kalini doesn't look happy and worries that the family will ruin Christmas. Kalini isn't planning on instigating anything, but she's not going to back down either. Lo, Kalani's dad, seems to think that shit-talking is because it was on video, and if it was in real life, you know, it's probably not going to go down the same way. All right, so do you think Tammy is going to come at the family when she actually gets there? Uh, I think that Lo has a pretty unique situation on that, because I feel like if somebody's in person with Lo, who is oh, a sure. giant, intimidating man, oh, he yeah, is. they yeah. don't talk shit. Like, imagine that. Like, I think that's something that is... More of a phenomenon. I'm not saying it's not a phenomenon. People are definitely mm-hmm. less likely to say stuff if it's in live and in person. But I think it's especially pronounced when it's him. Like, because yeah. I know I've been, I know my, my dad is a, is a pretty big dude. And I know I've been on like on a golf course with him mm-hmm. where like somebody was mad and they turned around to, to yell or talk some shit. And like, as, as soon as they turned around and like saw my dad was like, uh, and <laughs> turned around and like just stopped and shut up and like kept going. Right. And it's like, but that's, that's low. Nobody's going to talk crap with low. I don't think. Tammy is, but we've also seen Lo kind of, you know, take stuff more than you'd think he would. Like we had yeah. that when the mom was here last time, just kind of be like, oh, it sounds like you're talking to you, not me, right? Not yeah. standing up to them. Um, so, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I definitely don't think Tammy has it in her to like, you know, keep it, keep her opinions to herself. Uh, no, I don't think so either. But actually the. Yeah, I hadn't thought about Lowe being involved in the mix there because not only do you have someone who is physically able to really keep them separate and, you know, from fighting, mm-hmm. but you also have someone that culturally is the patriarch of the family. And sure. so based on that, I, you know, if they're if this is what they're trying to do, like keep, uh, you know, their cultural uh you know uh beliefs alive like in the household then it's kind of like well they kind of have to respect low because you can't have it you know you can't pick and choose right. the things that you want right because we did we did see tammy you know and we saw you know Tam the mom we saw both of them in person not over video yeah. start stuff with kalani right yeah the, i don't care about your kids i'll beat you like hold me yeah. back i'm getting her right we saw that right, in person, right. not just on the video at the tell on the tell all was you know, kind of silly because it was like, I'll beat you up too. I'll beat you up too. Don't you talk. You're next on the list. Like it was really dumb. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that I think you're still going to get some trash talking, but I don't think it's going to get, it's less likely to get like to that point where people are threatening to actually beat somebody up. Right. And I think as soon as they come at Colini, that's when Lowe is going to step in. You know, because uh-huh. it's one thing if she they has come nothing after to do with anything. Yeah. Right. And it's one thing to come after Kalani because you would hope that Asuelu would do something to step in with his family and that's his wife. But mm-hmm. what is Kalini to Asuelu? Like nothing. In fact, if anything, Asuelu and Kalini don't even like each other. Right. And so what 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 would Tammy or Asuelu's mom, they have nothing they're 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 no reason. Nothing they have no nothing 
with Kalani, right? With Kalini, I'm sorry. Yeah. With Kalini. Like there's there's no reason to do that. And especially I think you said that if it's that patriarchal society and she's not married, well, who's mm-hmm. the man that's supposed to, you know, be defending her? And it's still gonna yeah. be love. Yeah. So yeah, I mean there's that and then okay, so I was confused. Why were they all like in their pajamas? Why was he dressed like an elf? When they were Christmas know. tree shopping, that was very I have no idea. People are like, I think that's a trend now, you know, like everybody gets matching pajamas for Christmas time. Yes, but like you wear them at home. <laughs> I don't get the Christmas tree shopping in them. It's like, oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely see on like my, my Instagram, I see like a thousand pictures of everybody's families in front of a fireplace with a matching pajamas on Christmas Eve. Yeah, like that's. And I see lots and lots of that. So I get that. I feel that's like that's newish, right? People didn't used to do that. Like, everybody had their own individual Christmas pajamas. I do think Christmas pajamas are a thing, right? Oh, yeah, totally. I definitely yeah. think a lot of families have, like, the tradition of whether you open gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas, mm-hmm. there's kind of like you open your you open the pajamas on Christmas Eve and you sleep in the new pajamas. Like, that's yeah. – a lot of people have that. But, yeah, the, the matching one – but the matching one is 100% a social media thing. It's so you can yeah. post the picture of your whole family in the same thing on social media. And that, so before Instagram, there was no reason for anybody to do that. Right, right. Uh, it was funny. I saw on uh, Reddit that everyone thought that uh, Kalani had COVID because she's going around like, I can't smell any of these trees. It's like, mm, do you think maybe you have COVID? <laughs> oh, could be. Could be. Yeah, right, but you know what struggling. I did like? I did mm. like, and I feel like this is something that should come up with earlier, their um, kind of method of, of training up Asuelu to to take care of the house is just to be like, fine, you do it. You do it yeah. all. Yeah. Like instead of just being, you don't understand how much I do, just be like, just do it. But it all that also goes with the same, to me, a lot of their issues can stem from the fact that, you know, Kalani won't leave the kids. Yes. Right? If she yes. just took a weekend away and said, Asuelu, they're yours this weekend. You do everything. Like, yeah. And from what we saw, he probably could be able to figure that out. He's not going to like let this stuff. And then he'll figure out how much she does, and he'll figure out what all needs to be done. Because until you've done it, it's not really clear what all needs to be done. Right. Right. It was really funny seeing one of the kids strapped his back. I was like, oh yeah, he really did look like super dad, like doing yeah. everything. Totally. And the other kids crying on the thing, but whatever. The other kids crying on the thing. He was doing fine. Like, yeah. He was doing fine. <laughs> But it's like something that I don't understand why we why we didn't do that because she just kept wanting him to because there's that, that strain and again we're gonna get to the same thing again Tiffany and Ronald I'm gonna talk about in a minute the same mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like he's never done this before he's not part of your routine he doesn't know the list of things that needs to happen right 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 and your priority for that list or what his priority for that list is and you kind of don't know until you do it and they're kind of like. Both of them, both Kalani and Tiffany are both like, well, you're supposed – you were supposed to know the magic list I have in my head and do Mm -hmm. the next item automatically. And I don't – the fact that I even have to tell you to do it is a problem. Yeah, definitely. All right. So speaking of, let's go ahead and run through Tiffany and Ronald. So things seem to be going poorly since Ronald wakes up on an air mattress in the living room. He says that it was his decision after he was mad at Tiffany for talking to his mom about their relationship issues. Anyway, so soon they go. He goes to start a discussion slash fight with Tiffany. She wants him to have this epiphany where he realizes that she is bringing 100% to the relationship and he's bringing 0% to the relationship, which seems unlikely because his main issue is that he feels like she's underestimating his contributions with which, you know, if her estimation is zero, 
mathematically, he's she definitely is. So anyway, they, they start to talk about gender roles and wearing belts in the relationship and whatnot. He thinks since he that since he's the man, he should have a higher say in what goes on. Tiffany goes, you know, straight like Angela and say, actually unlike Angela, and says that he's wrong, but not because she's American, but because she has some common sense. Anyway, Ronald makes, starts to make this weird convoluted metaphor about Adam and Eve and skeletons and guiding people. I don't even know. But it seems like at the end of the conversation, we're basically where we were at the beginning and pretty much for this whole season. So soon, Ronald has another secret plan and he's going to try to take back his man of the house status. He wants to show that he can make enough you know, money to put food on the table. But that just so happens with, you know, his plan starts with him spending a bunch of money on a bucky, or I guess that's what they call a pickup truck. Mm. The plan is to start his own handyman business. Tiffany thinks that's dumb because why are you going to buy a truck like right before you move to America, Ronald? Yeah. But anyway, Ronald wants to have really – what is going on here is Ronald wants to be able to, if he gets if his visa gets denied, already have a steady income stream so that the family will move to South Africa with him. So, of course, they disagree on whether or not to get it. This conversation at least moves the story forward a little bit um, because she does tell him about seeing the divorce lawyer. But once she does, Ronald gets really pissed and the conversation quickly just grinds to a halt. All right. So um, what do you think? Is, do you think his plan you know, to go into debit – to get the truck um, is good, or should he listen to the person that pronounces the B in debt? Oh gosh, um, is a terrible idea, uh, and I think this is the most real conversation that they've really had. So, I, yes, you're right. I feel like there's actual progress in this. Um, so part of their real conversation is Tiffany bringing up the fact that Ronald has been making some very weird choices when it comes to money. And this and she gave him specific examples. Mm-hmm. And this was just one of them. And I agree with her. Like, what is the deal with like free for all like uh, groceries, free for all like Christmas decorations? OK, let's buy a truck. And she said, it seems like you're just trying to impress the family. And, like, try to make everyone happy, but they're not smart financial decisions. And that, at the end of the day, is what I see a problem with this. It's just not a smart financial decision. Unless you're getting something used and you are able to resell it for the same price, I don't see the benefit of getting a new truck right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, he only – he has a car, right? Yeah. We see him in the car. He doesn't just have his motorcycle. Sure. Um. So I'm not sure why for his handyman business, he specifically needs a pickup truck immediately. Yeah. Right? Why can't you start doing handyman work out of the trunk of your car before we get a pickup truck? See if it right. works. See if you can make some money at it. See if you can get a good income stream going. Right? Because she's not wrong and he's trying to impress the family. And he's yeah. impressed. She makes it sound like more uh, materialistic than it really is. Mm-hmm. He is trying to show that he can provide for the family, right? Yeah. But he's doing that by spending money instead of earning money, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and it's it's, obvi- it's obviously backwards, right? You have to earn the money first to provide before you can just spend it. And so this is, again, what he's doing. He's spending money instead of earning money to show that he has, I have a plan. It was like, well, let's get this, get this role in first. 
Yeah. And I think it's a good point about the fact that he does have a car, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, so what's the benefit of a truck versus a car? Well, a truck, you can haul big stuff and, you know, like if you need it for a project. But let's be real here. He somehow managed to strap a refrigerator to that car. So, you know, I think the car can, you know, get the job done a little bit. Right. And I'm also worried about his and, – and she didn't want to say this, which is something you shouldn't say to your husband. Mm. I'm worried about his handyman skills after he painted the cardboard boxes to the floor of their garage. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? <laughs> so that is very concerning. Um yeah, hopefully he's not trying to get into construction so much as like, here, fix my garbage disposal. Right, which is – that's what I was getting at. If you're doing fix my garbage disposal, my toilet's running, you know, do the sink, these electrical switches, things like things like that. Yeah, this needs to get repainted. You don't right? need a big truck. Like those are all things that fit into a car's trunk and that you can that you can deal with. Mm-hmm. But I don't don't know that we've seen any evidence that he has the requisite skills to do those things. And maybe he does, but like all we've seen him do is paint and throw up some half-assed drywall. Like that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's true. I guess he can move heavy objects too, going back to the refrigerator thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, that's what I was getting at with like uh, with what Angela, what she wants out of him, right, is pretty ridiculous. And the mm-hmm. fact that he's an asshole who's like, but I'm the man who does manly things and is mannish, right? And it, it makes her, by comparison, look good, even though she's really crappy. She's like, because he yeah. is trying. And well, uh, maybe it's not as as effective as she wants it to be. Maybe he's not doing what he wants, what she wants. But he is trying to do something. And the fact that what she wants, and she explicitly says, is I want him to realize that I am one hundred percent of this relationship. Like. That's that's a ridiculous ask. Yeah. So the other thing that I was like really frustrated by is Ronald says, point blank, what do you need me to do? Well, I need for you to just know what needs to be done. And it's just like, why don't you just tell the guy? Yes. He will know what – again, this is what I said. How is he supposed to – he's never done this before. And yes, she never did it before either. And she had to figure out what to do, right? But at this point – how long did it take her to figure out what to do? Years. Years, right? But she's like, he has three weeks and he has to figure out in three weeks what it took me, a routine that took me years to to get down, right? Yeah. And yeah. years and the help from her mom. So with the fact that like, yeah, tell him what he needs to do because eventually that's the idea. He is new to this. And he said that before. I've never done this before. Tell me what needs to get done right. and I'll do it. Make a list. Make a honey-do list. Like, and I, and I do understand that you don't want to – it is – there are bad situations where it's just like, well, I'm just going to sit around like I'm your – you're my boss and I'm your employee and you just wait for you to tell me something to do. But I feel like at least in this scenario, like make a list of this is what I want you to be responsible for mm-hmm. and not just to be like, well, you're supposed to just magically know what was in my head because he's tried to do things and when he does, she's like, you should have done the other thing. Yeah. He's like, well, I thought cleaning up the floor so the baby didn't slip on it was a better idea than grabbing the screaming baby from you. Sorry. Right. like. Yeah, I just think she needs to be more explicit about what needs to be done. And it is really mm-hmm. frustrating that she's just like, well, if you were a good dad, you would just know. It's like. Right. And and I, and I still I still get hung up on the 100% thing. Like, because his, his issue is literally, he's like, I just want her to acknowledge that I'm trying. And she's like, I want him to acknowledge that he's not doing anything. And it's like, well, <laughs> like, yeah, you're not getting that. And it, it's, uh, it, it is frustrating. It was for, super frustrating for 
just to imagine that, to imagine like doing something, doing it wrong, doing it, try, trying your best at something, at, you know, a new task at work or something and have your boss do like, yeah, you did nothing. That didn't count for anything. I don't appreciate it. And you need to figure out how to do everything again. And you're like, yeah. that's not a good feeling. Yeah. Especially from it's, if it's coming from somebody that you ostensibly love, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of more family issues, we've got Yara <laughs> and Jovia. So Yara is setting up a Ukrainian Christmas, which means eating traditional foods that Jovi has concerns about. They've invited over Mrs. Gwen and Claire, Jovi's cousin, and Mila's gr- godmother and her partner, Chris. Mrs. Gwen also turns up her nose at the smell of the food. Yara encourages everyone to at least try the food. There is a conversation about Mila's co-sleeping, and Mrs. Gwen points out that, you know, her and Jovi need to have intimate time. And Yara says that it's weird that Mrs. Gwen is trying to get her son laid. They all seem to gang up on Yara, saying that, you know, they're not trying, that they are not raising Mila to be independent. Yara argues that it's difficult to keep getting up in the middle of the night to attend to Mila when she is by herself, and that's how the co-sleeping had started when Jovi was away. She pulls Jovi aside at some point to tell him that he needs to tell his family to leave because it's six o'clock and it's Mila's bedtime. He makes Yara do it, so Yara tells them that they need to leave. Mrs. Gwen pushes back and looks to Jovi to be like, really? Mrs. Gwen is a bit frustrated for Jovi and the family, considering that they drove two hours to be there, and Yara is just being very rigid. The next morning, Jovi points out that he wants alone time with Yara because he wants to keep the fire alive. But Yara thinks he's the one who's lost the fire. They go to the baby store so they can buy a crib so Milo doesn't have to sleep with them anymore. While they're shopping, Jovi suggests that they do a short weekend trip, just the two of them. Jovi tells her that she's a good mom, but she's just not fun anymore. Yara is frustrated and thinks that Jovi needs to accept that this is now their life, and they come to no resolution. All right, so uh, I kind of could understand where Yara was coming from, how the whole co-sleeping thing started off. You mm-hmm. know, she doesn't want to have to keep on getting up in the middle of the night, sure. going yep. to the other room, especially when it's just her. So mm-hmm. if that were your situation, do you have any uh, solutions to that scenario? Yeah. Pack and play right next to the bed. Yeah. Like done. Like that. that's that's what we did. You put the pack and play. They come with a bassinet. Pack and play your bassinet right next to the bed. They mm-hmm. sleep in that. And But I mean, how old is Mila though? That's because that's part of the issue too is like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm also the opinion that – and that was a big, big person. If they're like four months old, they should be sleeping through the night. You shouldn't be getting up every two hours to breastfeed them if they're four months old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if Jovi's been gone for more, about four months, that, that kid should probably be sleeping through the night. And there sh- it, that shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Um, because I was – yeah, we were big ones on the – they call it – I don't know if you've ever heard of it. They call it ferberizing, which is basically mm-hmm. for like a week. You're just like, let them cry. Yeah. Like put them in the bed and let them cry. Um, and then like after a week, they're sleeping through the night and they wake up in the morning. Obviously, first thing you do when you wake them up is feed them. And the last thing you do before you put them down is feed them. But you don't – like the fact that she's still going to – she keeps saying two hours, two hours, two hours. And I don't know that she's still doing it now to be fair. But she mm-hmm. was just like I was used to doing it before. But that's when we had the bassinet. And then we – about – when they were about that old, move them to the crib and, and, and do that because I'm totally – I mean, there's some. I think Jovi, for most of the things, put a lot of his stuff in elegantly, but he wasn't wrong. Right. Sure. Sure. 
right? Um, like, especially the part where, like, because, yeah, because, yeah, I, I get it. Like, you are, you know, grown people who are young and married and people have needs, right? Yeah. Like, like, that's that's an important part of a relationship is is the intimacy. And, like, to not have it because there's always a baby in between you, it's like that doesn't have to be your life now. And yeah. so and, – and that's what – and that's what's disturbing about basically the whole thing about Yara and the way he put it in elegantly is she doesn't see herself as anything but a mom right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's how a lot of these relationships end up like drifting apart. Right. Sure. It's like how you see yourself and how other people see you just mm-hmm. isn't aligned. And yeah, definitely can lead to resentment and conflict, which we already see kind of playing out. And it's it, – it, it is, and it's just – it's also too, in my opinion, I think it's too difficult of a mental state and too fragile of a mental state to – just for yourself, forget the relationship with other people, to only consider yourself to be one thing. Only consider mm-hmm. one aspect of your life to be your entire life because what happens when that's not there, yeah. right? Who are you then? Like yeah. she is a mother to this child. And that's absolutely a part of who she is. It is not the only thing that she is. Yeah. And like she's not going to be, I mean, she's going to be the mother of this child all the time, but she's never, not always going to be taking care of it like this. It's not always going to be all consuming like it is. And if she keeps it as all consuming, that's going to be terrible for the kid. Right, right. Yeah. I think this is kind of a growing trend, though. Like, not like recently within the last couple of years, but I would say like within this generation of, you know, mothers being very involved and, you know, wanting to very much um, cater to the needs of their children where it almost becomes like all life consuming. And I think yes. that's what this family is worried about. Like Mrs. Gwen, Claire, I guess very mm-hmm. distant Chris, uh, Jovi. They're all concerned that it's like it's becoming 100% about Mila. And that really isn't setting up a baby to become more independent and do things on their own. And I do think, you know, maybe it's less right. obvious as a newborn baby, but like when it gets to be the time when your kid is wanting to be independent on their own, are you ready to let go? Are mm-hmm. you, you know, putting yourself in a position where the child will feel like a sense of independence and wanting to do things on their own? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the goal, the goal is to make them, you know, whole, independent, full people when they're 18 and they leave, right? Yeah, I know, right? The goal goal is if I do everything right, they're leaving. Like they'll be gone and I won't be – I'll still be a part of their life, but I won't be their entire life. Right, right. And that's what it comes down to. Like even to the point where – and I talk about the thing she did, right? Where it's time for Miley to go to bed and everybody has to leave? Yeah, that to me was so absurd. Like, first of all, I think that happens all the time that a baby will be off schedule a day. You know, mm-hmm. this they weren't asking for the rest of their lives. It was like a special occasion. Like, Ukrainian Christmas happens once a year. You right. know, like, and you couldn't make an exception for that? Even make an exception. Like, what exception did you make? You you excuse yourself from the table. It's time for Molly to go to bed, everybody. Good night, good night, good night. And then take Milo to go to bed. And then even even if you wanted to stay in bed, let Joby yeah. stay out with his mother. Yes, exactly. It was the part where, okay, it's time for Milo to go to bed. So now all five adults have to 
follow what the kid prefers yeah. because she did not need them to leave to go to bed. No, she didn't. But we're, only, we're only asking what the kid needed. It was about what the kid might prefer because she's also not even a year old and really has no preferences anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it just – it was like that. that's kind of what they were talking about is you're, you're making everybody's life like mm-hmm. be about, about this her. kid. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's just it, – it's just – I mean not only is it unhealthy for your relationships, not only is it unhealthy for the kid, it's not sustainable. People right. cannot live like that. You will, yeah, exactly. You will ha- give yourself mental health issues doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So speaking of other mental health issues, maybe oh, it's Mike and Natalie, my last oh, group. So Mike is out working out with his big ass tire. And for the past week, Natalie now says he's been kind of strange to her. Anyway, he's upset. This is about a week after the nose surgery. He's upset about the way she ghosted him the morning of the surgery. And now that he's she's recovered, it might be the time to hash that all out. She told him that she snuck out because she was afraid they were going to fight again. And that would have been too much stress before the surgery. And that was the doctor's orders, no stress before the surgery. Mike still says that doesn't explain why she didn't like call or text about where she was before the surgery started, especially after she specifically asked him to take like a week off of work to be there for her. Natalie says she doesn't feel at all because, oh, and here's another theme for this episode. It was for her health. (laughs) So she doesn't get um, how they're supposed to communicate. And then, you know, Mike kind of gets frustrated and walks away. So she doesn't get how they're supposed to communicate. If every time they try to communicate, Mike just walks off. So anyway, at the end, she talks to a producer and says that she doesn't think this relationship can work. So I'm going to start off with a question that I didn't really talk about, but I thought was the highlight of this. What do you think of Mike's headband? Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) I'm going to give him a pass because I feel that pandemic times has definitely brought about less haircuts. And so Uh you kind of have to, you know, do what you have to do when you have longer hair. So I'm going to give him a pass. But if this wasn't pandemic times, no. What are you trying to be? A soccer player? Because I feel like that's what you see soccer players do, right? I don't feel like soccer. I feel like tennis players is what I associate with headbands of all the mm-hmm. male athletes. There's some that have – well, I feel like soccer players tend to have those um, – I guess tennis players do too. Those really thin ones that yes. just hold like your the bangs out of your eyes that kind yeah. of sit up high. Yep. Um, not like the full-on like blue karate kid looking joint that he was wearing. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I was thinking more of the thin head headbands too. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like tennis players have some thick ones that tie in the back. Like I feel like I've seen that on the tennis court. Yeah, but yeah, he is. I don't know, but I feel like some guys are. There's there's some guys who like actually do dress up when they're working out, right? And you can totally yeah. tell. Like mm-hmm. they have the things and the matching things and they've got the nice running shorts. And there's some guys who are just like, oh, exercise and cutoffs and a white t-shirt. <laughs> but this was kind of in between. Like I feel like he would be a hat guy. Like he would wear a hat when he was working out to keep his hair I back. could see that too because he does wear hats a lot anyway. Uh, I think his deal is that he also tries to do things to be funny. So I would not be surprised if he's doing this to be funny or to get attention. Sure. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I really hate how Mike and Natalie segments always start off with them doing something completely normal, like everything is cool between them. 
It you does, know? right? Whereas the last time we saw them, things were not cool between you, you know? Yeah. And then it's like you start off, things are cool, and then it pretty much jumps into how they're not cool again. And it's yeah, like, it definitely oh feels super staged the way they're like, let's pick a normal-ish activity that you could be doing when you decide to have this conversation. And it's mm-hmm. like, uh, putting windshield wipers on the truck? Yeah. Like, things are fine. We're just doing everyday things. And they try to do it all cute, like, oh, I'm working with this tire. You want to work with small tire? He, he, he. Aren't we a normal couple? By yeah. the way, why did you cut me out of the surgery? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. By the way, why did your mom call me a hooker? Like, like they veer off. Because we know we have to have these conversations. But it's also – you know what the, the other part of it is, though? is because they spend so much time on this farm that they can't have them doing more normal things – that normal right. people would be doing when they were having Like going this, out you know? to eat? Yes. Well, going out to eat's the standard one. I would almost be okay with them having these conversations over dinner all the time, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's the weird random farm activities that they keep picking. Like, yeah, definitely. Which, I mean, I'm sure Mike does actually work out with that tire because he definitely seems like the guy who's like, I want to do the strongman competitions that they have on the TV. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, – this couple, it's like, why are you all still together? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it too is a lot of it is so staged because we know they're broken up. Like, we know they're not staying together. Like, yeah. it's just a matter of like, all right, spin our wheels until this is done. Like, just keep going. Just keep having the same conversations over and over again. All right. go again. Oh, I don't trust you. We don't talk. Oh, we don't talk. Oh, we need to do better. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know? I do love you. I just don't, like, love you. Like, it's... Yeah. Ugh. We don't understand each other, but there's love. We have love. Yeah. it's And so, yeah, definitely. And there's a reason this was the shortest segment of the show this week, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we haven't got much. No, we don't. And I, I struggle to see if there's going to be any kind of variation in their storyline for the rest of the season. Right, right. Well, because we, I mean, uh, spoiler alert, we know she's on Single Life next year. Oh, she is. I didn't know that. Apparently, Mr. O knew that, but okay. Um, is, yeah, this is what I get from Reddit. Is she's going to be on Single Life next year. So we know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. But it's just a matter of like getting there, you know? Oh, that'll be interesting to see her on Single Life. She, oh, yeah. She, she's a good candidate for Single Life. Absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like she could also easily mess things up with almost anyone. That's why she's a good candidate for sing- single life. Absolutely. <laughs> you're going to bring up how you're better than everyone else? Like, oh. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because I didn't watch all of it, but I believe, I thought single life was more or less taking the people that we didn't like and showing them getting rejected a bunch, right? Oh. <laughs> well, but then you have Colt and he ended up getting married. Yeah, that's true. But I, so. we want to see, we want to see the people like being like, oh no, this person was a train wreck and they- Managed to mess up everything they were a part well, of. Well, and I was going to say, Molly was actually pretty popular with viewers. Oh, yeah. That one was different. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So. All right. Okay. Uh, so, we did not hear from one group. Oh, Brandon and Julia Brandon this and Julia. week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks like on the previews, next week, they'll be moving next on week's out. Next the big, week's the big move. Which, yep. Yeah. I'm, I, we, we definitely need a change of scenery for them. I'm, I'm oh, done with this I know, this right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, so, who was your student of the week? Uh, my student of the week was uh, – I went with Lo just mm-hmm. because like he wasn't – he was like – I feel like the one person who wasn't intentionally making things a bigger deal than they wanted to yeah. be. He was like, yeah. it'll be fine, guys. Chill out. Like, 
we'll be all right. It'll still be Christmas. Like, we'll be cool, man. Just, I think, at least having an optimistic outlook on everything. It seemed like everybody else from everyone was just like, everything's going to suck and it's terrible and the world's going to end. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Tammy's going to be the ruler of them all. We need to yes, smite exactly. her down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, goodness. Okay, so my student of the week, and I know this is kind of like a bit of a stretch, um, is Michael from Michael and Angela. The reason why I say it is a bit of a stretch is because uh, he became the sniveling, I'm sorry, take me back, you know, whatever mm-hmm. kind of man that we don't really want to see. However, the reason why I picked him as student of the week is because he actually was pretty good at communicating pretty effectively what his thought process was in why he was doing things the way that he was doing, right? And he expressed his feelings of, I didn't feel respected. I felt like I wasn't being heard. I was acting childish. So I lashed out. I didn't Mm -hmm. talk to you for a while because I wanted you to know that like, I didn't agree with this. And it's like, yeah, it's a little, you know, on the late side to be having this conversation. But sure. the fact is that he was he did show some kind of like emotional maturity to identify like why he was doing the things that he did. And, you know, dealing with Angela is not always easy. So sometimes it can get frustrating where you don't want to communicate like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. he did the best you could, I guess. Yeah. 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 All right. What about your dunce? I'm with Yara. Just okay. for that yeah. kicking everybody kicking everybody out of the house because it's yeah. like, you know, it's just emblematic of, you know, your problems aren't the only problems. And it's like yes. there was no reason to do all that. And we kind of already get the preview and we saw it in the furniture store, you know, if, if her being like – and again, Jovi put it extremely inelegantly because he was like, you're not fun anymore. Yeah, I know, like, right? But really what that. the issue is is like you're losing your entire sense of self like, yeah. that, that's going on and like – and the fact that she just is really defensive about that and, you know, just couldn't – couldn't is, is no longer even like a part of society because she's a mom now. You yeah. Know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my dunce is Tiffany. Uh, you know, just her not being able to express exactly what she wants, but somehow she expects Ronald to magically know how to fix things and do the right things. Mm-hmm. That to me is what kind of sent her over the edge for dunce this week. Yeah. And th- to me at the end of the day, I think it might be just because she doesn't actually know what it is she wants him to do. No. Yeah. I don't think she does either. I think she may, n- she's like, it's one of those things where when I see it, yeah. I'll know but I don't actually know what it is that I'm looking for, you know, but I see it. I'll, I'll know that that's it. Exactly. Like, well, that doesn't exactly. help anyone. So, I mean, and it's fair enough if you say, okay, I don't really know what it is I want, but if I see it, I'll know. It's one thing to say that, but then to be like, no, I expect you to know what it is mm-hmm. and I expect you to do the right thing. It's like, well, don't have those expectations if you can't even figure it out If yourself. you can't even clearly articulate what it is, besides like, broad strokes of I want him to step up and be more yeah. responsible. Like, okay, but All right. what does that we need some like? actionable items here. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Okay, what about your life lesson? So my life lesson was aimed at them too, but it was more at mm-hmm. Ronald because we've all heard the expression and it's not an incorrect expression. You got to spend money to make money, right? Yeah. And I kind of think I would modify it. It's like you have to spend money to make more money because mm-hmm. kind of people turn that on its head and be like, well, if you got to spend money to make money, then spend, you know, that means that spending money will make you money. And it's like, yeah. no, it actually doesn't. Right. right and so right. you shouldn't spend the money until you have, a, like, again, an actionable plan with 
evidence that that plan will make you money. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Because he was just ready to spend the money to spend the money and he, with the hope that it would make him money. Yeah. So my life lesson was actually aimed at Yara. So especially when you're dealing with a baby, there's no need to uh, be rude. Uh, just plan around the baby if it matters that much to you. I don't understand why she didn't just, you know, if the if the cutoff time was six, have an early Ukrainian Christmas dinner. Right. Like have I mean, it be at two. If the cutoff two. time was six, sure. Yeah. There's a lot of options there. There, there was my option of put the baby to bed and just, yep. you know, let everybody stay. Yeah. You're right. Your option's another one. Hey, guys, yeah. I need everybody out by six when you invite them. Yes. Right? So you yes. start early. Yeah. Right. Or just accept that not every day is going to be on schedule. So, yes. I mean, there's things that, you know, there's no need to be rude about it. You know, if you're going to have people over, like, you know, think about alternate options rather than this is my rigid plan. Right. Totally. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the plan is to be back this time next week. There may be a delay, possibly. We're still working out logistics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have some more travel going on. So there's yeah. always that. Yeah, um, but yeah, we will doing, try. We're all, we're, yeah, me and Miss H definitely getting our revenge travel in yeah, um, this know, summer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I will figure it out and we'll be back yep. next week with a new episode. And until then, we will see you. All right. See everybody later. Okay. All right, bye. Bye.